0: Welcome to the business of being well. If you're a hands on practitioner who wants to grow a profitable business without working your life away, you're in the right place. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome to the business of being well. I am here today with a new guest to the show. Her name is Julie Fry. Julie gets to go ahead and introduce herself to you and She's going to share more about who she is and what she does.
1: Hi, Danielle. Thanks so much for having me on the show today. I'm really excited to chat with you and your listeners about the power of being on podcasts as a guest. Um, my business is called Your Expert Guest, and so uh, I run a podcast booking agency that helps thought leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and uh, you know those that just have expertise to share get booked on podcasts as a guest. So I came to have this business after running a networking organization for women that were balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship for six years. And after I sold it in 2020, beginning of 2020, um, I really missed the connecting of people. That's like what my passion is. When I meet somebody and learn a little bit more about you, I just, my mind goes to like, okay, who should this person know? And so uh, when I was looking at what I wanted to do next, um, I just married my passion for podcasts with my passion for connecting people. And so um, that's how I came to have this business. Well, knowing that you've been connecting
0: people as a business for as long as you have, I'm curious to know from you, was this a skill that you always
1: knew that you had or was it something that you developed over time? Yeah, that's a great question. I, didn't really realize that that was something that was innate to me until (laughs) maybe a year into having the business among moms company where I was like, you know, what really lights me up is when I meet a new member of our community and we hop on a call and I learn more about her. And then I connect her to somebody. And then I hear about like how great they got along or how they collaborated on something or how that person hooked them up for a speaking opportunity. And so it was through kind of doing it that I realized like, oh, I'm a connector. <laughs> so it wasn't something that I really knew or had thought about for myself until then.
0: Well, I think that's actually really cool that you that you kind of like started a business that was based upon a strength that you didn't even know was your strength until you later then figured it out.
1: (laughs) It's kind of weird. Usually it's the other way around. People are like, okay, this is what I'm really good at. I'm going to do that. But it was um, that business came about as a passion for motherhood and just small business because I've always worked for small companies. So it was kind of marrying those two passions. But yeah, as I got into it, realized that like, oh, this is, this is something that's really my jam.
0: So how do you describe what it is that you do
1: now in your new business? Yes. So um, if I am invited to speak somewhere and uh, like, for instance, last Friday or two Fridays ago, I spoke to a group of professional women, a lot of lawyers, uh, business advisors, DEI consultants. So people that were very um, well versed in what it is that they do and what they offer. Um, And maybe they market through networking groups or uh, referrals, but they haven't expanded out into other opportunities. And so when I speak to groups like that, it's really um, letting them know about the power of tapping into new audiences via podcasts as a guest. So I guess the best way to describe what I do is like getting yourself more visible and your company more visible as a podcast guest. And yeah, I can talk through a little bit more about the how.
0: So your company essentially does the the legwork, if you will, for the people that you represent that exactly. want to be on, um, on other people's podcasts, but yep, yep. maybe don't have the time to invest in building those relationships and Um, just managing the back and forth of getting scheduled, even that can take a lot of time.
1: Yeah. Or just not even knowing where to start. I think Mm -hmm. that that tends to come up a lot with my clients is that, um, you know, they're busy doing what they do and they don't want to take the time, you know, they're far enough along in their business where they don't want to learn how to do this piece um, because they're going to outsource it. So it's coming up with the strategy of you know, what, what can you share that would benefit a, a podcast listener's audience? Um, how would you go about approaching the host? Um, and then some tips and tricks on the interview to hopefully deliver the best value that you can and position yourself as somebody that the listener might want to connect with afterwards. So those are the things that I help them with.
0: So let's take a step back, maybe, and talk about why someone would want to pitch themselves to be on someone else's podcast. What are the benefits?
1: Yeah, great. So um number 1 is you are tapping into a group of people that likely don't know about you unless you're um Amy Porterfield or you know a wellness practitioner that everybody knows about um oftentimes you are making connections with new folks so that's number 1 um Number two is that it's great SEO search engine optimization for you and your company. When, uh, you go onto a show, usually the host will publish show notes that link to your website and Google really likes it when it sees reputable websites linking back to your company, which helps you pop up higher on the search rankings. Um, what are some other things that are great about being on podcasts? The relationship that you build with your host um, that sometimes can be the most valuable piece of the podcast interview. So just you and I, for example, we met back in November. I think I connected with you because I'm friends with somebody who follows your podcast and, She said, oh, you might wanna connect with her. I learned a little bit more about what you do and then have since referred a guest to you um, that you've had a great interview with, so much so that you invited her back Mm -hmm. um, and then you invited me on the show. Mm -hmm. So it can lead to all of these little tentacles that go out and have like ongoing uh, opportunities. Um, one of my other clients, she just told me that an interview that she had a couple of months ago, um, the host invited her to speak at her child's school, which was a paid speaking gig. So sometimes it's the host that you really, really connect with. And it leads to business for you opportunities that mutually benefit each other. Um, another client, she was invited to speak, um, Uh, on a virtual conference that the host was doing after they met for their initial podcast interview. So it can lead to future opportunities for you and your business that continue to develop your visibility. Um, Sorry, I'm just going to keep going with the the benefits. (laughs) Um, The other one that's great is as opposed to speaking at a conference or something like that, where you have to, hop on a plane, you know, coordinate with your partner or find childcare. Um, All of the things that the expense, you know, the hotel room, the airfare, the conference itself Um, you know, when you're a guest on a podcast, you're still reaching a great audience and sometimes a larger audience than if you were speaking in a room Um, and it's free So, um, you know, most hosts don't charge guests for their appearances. Some of the bigger name shows do, but for most of us, like the more mid-range shows where they've got an engaged audience of listeners that really love the host, like that's where you wanna be. So you don't need to go onto the really big name shows. So those are are some of my favorites.
0: Yeah, and you know, in addition to that, I mean, you know this, like, when you're on a podcast, that podcast lives on for potentially forever. I mean, yes. if the host ever decided to take down all their episodes, that could happen. But if you're speaking, you know, at a live event, unless it's being recorded, then that experience and like all the magic that you poured out of your mouth, it's all gone that day. Yep. So the podcast episode is something that you can actually refer back to if your clients or patients have questions and you've answered those questions in that episode, you can go to that, like you can send them to that episode to listen to, to learn more about whatever it was that you were teaching.
1: Absolutely. That's a great point, Danielle. It's that, you know, sometimes there are shows that um, pause or take a break or just decide to stop podcasting, but that episode is still, visible. I I know of clients who have been on shows and the podcast stopped, but because the show was so popular, like if you Google the person's name, that episode still pops up at the top of Google. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that kind of evergreen marketing that um, can keep doing the work for you even after you've done the interview is really cool.
0: Yes. Okay. So can you can you describe a bit more like what does the process look like when someone is working either, well, maybe like when they're doing this on their own versus when they're working with an agency like yours that helps them get on other people's podcasts, what can they expect? Like, what's the, what is the work actually like? (laughs) What are you doing and how much time would you need to invest? This is not like a do this for one week kind of strategy and and it produces amazing results.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it is a long-term game. I tell all of my clients, um, both the people that I teach how to do it and then clients that I work with. So um, first thing that you need to do is recognize that you have something to offer. So a lot of what comes up for people is mindset stuff of like oh you know there's so many other people that um, know more than i do or are you know bigger thought leaders than i am and you have something to offer you know there may be uh, you know thousands of chiropractors that could go on to podcast but there's only one you that has your story and your experience and when you go onto a podcast and you share your life experience and your experience of how you work with clients, that is what resonates with the listeners. So um, getting into the mindset that you have something really valuable to offer is step number one. Step number two is getting clear on kind of your unique uh, value and topics that you want to share. So where I um, tend to start with a lot of my clients is thinking about what problems do you solve for your clients? So um and if, if that causes you to stumble, think back to positive things or testimonials that you've received from clients and how can you position that into an interview topic? Um, so there are the ways that you work with people and help people that can be interview topics. There's also the piece of like, how do you run your business that's unique? So maybe you have a completely remote team of working moms that, you know, helps you in your business. Like that's a cool story to share on a podcast. you um, have that. <laughs> yeah. So see, there you go. <laughs> and, and that's some of our
0: most, um, most downloaded episodes of the, of the podcast ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. So those, the real life kind of getting to know you sometimes are the pieces that we're all like starved for connection and wanting to find other people that we can relate to that are like us, or maybe have the same values. And so when you can go onto a show and share things like that, it is often very, very popular. So how you run your business, like that can be an interview topic. Um, have you overcome some obstacles that have gotten you to where you are? Um, that can also be an interview topic. So you, it's a good idea to look at like, how do you work with clients? What are the problems that you solve that can be an interview topic? How you run your business, um, like whether it's your values or the physicality of how you do it, like that can be a topic. And then any personal um, information that's an obstacle that you've overcome, that could be an interview topic too. So that's a great place to start is getting clear on those.
0: What would you say to someone who, okay, let me back up a couple of steps. In one of my previous courses, I taught in a specific module how to build relationships with other practitioners, providers, and professionals in your local, like your geographical local area, right? Um, And one of the biggest objections that students had to that process I taught was, I don't want to seem salesy. I don't want to reach out to these people just expecting them to help me grow my my business. And I, my answer to that is, well, then don't. <laughs> um, which is ridiculously not helpful. <laughs> but my point in, in saying don't, don't be salesy and don't reach out to them if you're just reaching out to them to expect that they're going to help you grow your business. Like think about what you might be able to help them with. And I think this is probably one of the reasons why you are a great connector is because when you see a person in front of you, you're thinking like, ooh, who, who and what, what, how can I help them with what they have in front of them, right? Like what yep. their goals are, who do I know that can help them reach those goals? Who do I know that can help them um, get connected to someone else that could reach those
1: goals? Yep.
0: So when I'm, when I make those connections, I reach out with the intention of just a first getting to know this person. Do I like this person? Mm-hmm and if i like this person do i like what they do and if i like those two things then how could i help that how could i help them grow their business yeah i start with that
1: yeah what are your thoughts yeah yeah that's exactly it and so as you relating that to reaching out to podcasts so when you're thinking about getting started you want to be a resource for the host it's not it's not about you. (laughs) It's about the host and their listeners. So that is one piece that I always suggest that you get really clear on is um, listen to the show. Like, what's their style like, you know, what are they referencing? What does it seem like their listeners really need? And so when you start the process of reaching out, like, how can you add value to their audience? Like, is there something that you haven't seen covered when you go and you look at their show that you could have a conversation with the host about that would like really impact them? And that way you're helping the host because you're helping them come up with an episode that they might not have come up with otherwise. And you're helping their listeners. So yeah, leading from that place of service is something that I really believe strongly about in lots of different areas of my life.
0: I think one of the reasons that people are hesitant about this, um, possibly not everyone is right, but is because we've all gotten the the pitch that felt like, oh, oh." (laughs) no, How, how do we avoid being the person that
1: Uh, Well, that makes someone else feel that way with our own pitches. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I've learned this from one of my good friends, uh, her name is Nikki Rausch and she's a sales coach and trainer. And she always suggests that when you write an email that you limit the number of I statements in your email. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good first step is after you write you know, your outreach to the host, like take a scan and see how many times you've used the word I, because as a reader, you want it to be about about you. It's not, it's not about the other person. It's about you. And so you want to really focus it back on them. Um, A few suggestions that I have for folks when they are doing outreach is show that you understand their show and their audience. So again, that means listening to it and coming up with some connection point of, you know, maybe you and the host are in the same industry or maybe you're in a complimentary industry, but letting them know that I understand what your show is. Um, I'm sure you've gotten those pitches that are just like, uh, hi, I have this expert who does this. And it has absolutely nothing to do with your industry. I know your listeners are all super smart. And <laughs> they wouldn't do that, but that's obviously an immediate turnoff. If you get something that's just totally not relevant for you. So show your relevance, show that you understand the host, um, provide something that lets them know that, hey, I've actually done my research and see that you haven't talked about this yet or talked about it recently might be a good fit. Um, Show your credibility if there's something that you can offer, whether it's... that you've spoken somewhere or you have a book, or maybe you've been on another podcast, or maybe you just have great client testimonials about your services that kind of lends to your credibility and then let them know how you're going to help them after the episode, which would be sharing it with your audience, sharing Mm -hmm. it on social media. You're going to rate and review the show after you go on, like just let them know all of those things that you're willing to do for them. Um, because they're, if they say yes, they're offering you this great opportunity.
0: Yeah, those are amazing points. I can tell you that there, um, there have been many times that we've gotten pitches for the podcast that I'm like, mm, this person doesn't even know who our audience is. Mm-hmm. So it's it's actually not usually the person themselves, but it does appear to be someone representing the person who's being pitched for the show. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's like we help people um bring in 30 new patients in a week. And I'm like, that's really not gonna resonate with my audience yeah. <laughs> at all. So no, thank you. Um but yeah just like putting in the time to do some homework and know who is the audience and what what do they need to know or like what do they want to hear about goes
1: a, a long way. It goes a long way. It goes a long way.
0: But that again, you know, is one of the things that can take some time. And so let's talk more about how someone would make the decision if they're going to do this work for themselves on mm -hmm. their own, or they want to hire someone to do this work for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, when you're thinking about this as a strategy, it is about consistency and putting it on your calendar and saying, okay, this like, Friday afternoon at 1 to 2 p.m. is my podcast time. So I would suggest if you are planning to do it on your own that you block out a chunk of time. You might need a little bit more time at the beginning because you're getting clear on your interview topics. Um, You also want to get clear on what people will get out of your episode. So coming up with a few takeaways for each topic. And then also, it's great to come up with a list of questions that the host could ask you if they need a little prompt or some, some additional help coming up with your episode. Sometimes when you're going through the process of outreach, the hosts have a form that you fill out, and sometimes they'll ask for those host questions. So those are things that you can do on the front end that might take just a little bit more time. Um, I, for my clients and for the folks that I teach, we put together a one sheet, which is like a media page. that has your bio. It has your web and social links. It has your interview topics and um, any previous media appearances that you've had and the host questions. So I like to send that out or suggest that the clients send them out when they're doing outreach, because it just gives, it's like a business card for you. It's just another way for the host to get a sense of your credibility. So those are things you can do on the front end. And then from there, just, you know, picking out an hour a week or so that you're going to do research um, and do do the legwork of doing the outreach. So this might be a great time to talk a little bit about like, okay, once you know you want to do it, like, how do you get started? Sure. Yes. How do you you get started? Okay. So the first thing I always suggest is tapping into your personal network. Um, It's so much easier than doing cold outreach and your personal network, like they, they know you and they love you and they want to see you succeed. So once you've identified um, some of your topics And the categories of shows that would be a good fit for you. So, like for instance, your listeners' um, categories of shows might be wellness shows, alternative health, entrepreneurship, um, mom, mompreneur type shows. Mind. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. So you could put together a really simple email that just says, "Hey, I've um, decided to make podcast guesting part of my." outreach strategy or my marketing strategy. And here's a few topics I can speak on. Here's the categories of shows I'm looking for. Who do you know that might host a show in that space? Because people want to help you, but they're busy doing their own lives and raising their families and doing their jobs and running their businesses that they aren't thinking about you until you like show up in their inbox with this ask. So that I have seen with uh, the group, Folks that I work with, a really great response to oh, I know this host, I can connect you, and then it leads to a podcast interview. So that's a great place to start is just by letting people know that you're willing to guest. You could also post it on social media, um, and that sometimes leads to some introductions and interviews. I think people forget that it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be this like, okay, so now I have to like, put my sales hat on and, you know, outreach these people that feels really scary. Um, That's what I do. And some of my clients do that because we get through the mindset pieces, and have the tactical strategies of how to do it, so that it doesn't feel scary anymore.
0: So for the person that is like, okay, I want to use this strategy, but I don't want to do the work myself. Mm -hmm. What should they look for in someone who they would hire to do this work for them?
1: That is a great question. So first off, I would look at just general fit. You know, Do you like the person that would be representing you? Um, Some of the larger agencies have a team of account managers. And so you don't necessarily get to meet the person who's representing you Mm -hmm. until you're in it. So I guess, you know, getting a sense of, do you want to have a personal relationship with the person who's representing you you, or are you okay with kind of just having a blind account manager? Um, the other piece I would say is like, how do they go about it? Because there are agencies that do sort of that blanket outreach that isn't necessarily as well researched. So I would ask about their process, like, okay, so what is your process for finding good fit shows for me? Um, I would ask to speak to existing or past clients for Mm -hmm. referrals Mm -hmm. to find out what the experience was like. And um, yeah, and then obviously budget, because there can be a wide variance of what different agencies charge. Um, And so making sure that that aligns with your budget and what you've dedicated for your marketing strategy. So those are a few things that I would take a look at. Just to give
0: someone framework mm-hmm. of like what to anticipate in regard to budget, in 2020, we did work with a podcast manager okay. and she was doing some pitching, um, but she was mostly managing the podcast. So keep that in mind as well. Mm-hmm. When I was interviewing um, podcast managers, mm-hmm. which again, is different than someone that's How, what would your title be?
1: (laughs) A podcast booking agency.
0: Okay, there we go. So podcast management and podcast booking agencies are not exactly the same thing. There's, um, there's definitely some differences there, but again, our podcast manager included pitching in her package. There were roughly four to five different people that I interviewed. They were all like small agencies where the person that I was interviewing was the person that was going to be doing the work. And I got quotes from $200 a month to closer to $2,000 a month. So it was yeah. a really wide range. Yeah. And the person that quoted me $200 a month, she may have done a good job. But honestly, I thought, why is she only charging me
1: $200 a month? <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: what? And everyone yeah. else was, you know, somewhere between like the $1,000 and $2,000 a month range. Okay. Um, so that that was really interesting. I think that maybe she was newer. Um, probably, in business, or maybe just afraid to charge more for her time. Um I'm not sure, but I didn't end up hiring her,
1: yeah. If you price yourself too low, and I mean, I'm sure that that you know you you've seen this too, it does. It raises red flags, and people think, oh, okay, well, why why are you so low? Um it doesn't doesn't lead well. I would say most of the agencies, like, the cheapest I've seen is probably five fifty a month and go all the way up to $2,000 a month. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So the range really wasn't that far off then from, you know, what, what you see or what you expect to
1: be. Typically. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So my second to last question for you is in regard to a lot of the people that are listening to our podcast, they are, brick and mortar business owners. Mm -hmm. So they might be listening to all that we're talking about and thinking, well, that doesn't work for me because I don't have an online business. I can't Mm
1: -hmm. help people anywhere. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that? Um, I would say that there's still shows that you could go on. Um, Especially, I know that you're helping businesses like create that additional revenue stream so that hopefully they can help people everywhere. But there are almost always shows in your local market that spotlight local business owners, similar to the radio shows that would spotlight local businesses. So you could still reach out and they love spotlighting small business owners. So Mm -hmm. you could still reach out like here in the Seattle area, there's a great show called the 425 Show. And she loves spotlighting brick-and-mortar business owners. So you can still go find shows in your local market that can spotlight you and lead to local visibility for you.
0: Interesting. I wasn't even aware of that. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, like definitely. I learned something new. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> okay, so before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about um, about getting themselves onto other people's shows and what they should know, or maybe what they should not know.
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, you can do it. That would be my very first like rah, rah, you can do it. You should do it because it helps build your awareness. It helps you. It's a great marketing strategy and um, remember to lead with value and, some things that once you get the interview, so these are tips that I always share with my clients is listen to the show, rate and review it. Ask the host when you're on your interview, like how can you be a resource? Are there connections that, you know, she or he are looking for? Are there... Um, other podcast guests that they're looking for that you might be able to help them. So those are just a few things. And then when you're having the interview, like share stories, share stories about you personally, share stories about you and how you work with your clients. Um, Cause those are the things that really allow the listener to engage with you and connect with you and hopefully like check you out after the episode and go to your website. And then lastly, always have like a next step. So something that you would like to see the listener do after the interview. So maybe it's, um, you know, maybe you have a free ebook on, you know, how you work with your clients that you can solve a problem for them, like go and download that free ebook. And then they're on your email list. Um, Always having some sort of concrete call to action is a really, really great way to kind of wrap up your interview.
0: Yes. Okay, perfect. Perfect. So I was just thinking of one more thing before we wrap this up. Yeah. We talked about this before we were recording, but we didn't really hit on this um, since we hit the record button. Do you have to be an expert to um, pitch yourself or have someone, you know, pitching you to be on other people's podcasts? Do you need to be in practice for a certain period of time or have created your own technique or any of those things?
1: No. So, and I will tell you from my own personal experience, I was a guest on a podcast really soon after I started this business and um, and it led to, you know, a number of new clients for me. And so I have been doing this connection piece for a while, but this business was new for me at that time. So absolutely not. You can be newer in business if you don't feel like you're an expert or you don't feel like, oh, well, I need to have the book and I need to have speaking gigs. You don't, you don't, you just need to be able to show up, add value, help people and, um, you know, be yourself. So you, you can absolutely do it without having that title of expert.
0: Yes. Thank you. Okay. So if people would like to learn more about you, Julie, um, and what you do, where is the best place for them to go?
1: So they can go to my website, which is your expert guest. And there, there is a quiz that if you want to dig into like would podcast guesting, help me grow my visibility. It's right there on the homepage. So you can take the quiz and um, go through, it takes less than two minutes and kind of get an assessment of how it would work for you and your business based well, on that's those answers.
0: Really awesome. I did yeah. have that available. Uh, yeah. Okay, great. So for our listeners who are listening on an iPhone, I think, you know, just um, tap the screen or scroll down and the show notes appear. If you're listening on our website, then of course the show notes are there on our website and the link to Julia's podcast, sorry, not podcast. The link to Julia's website will be listed in our show notes. So you can just click on over and go take her quiz. Okay, so I think that this was pretty cool stuff, Julia. Thank you so much for being willing to share this with our audience And um, it's been fun to talk with you and learn more about what you do.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you so much, Danielle.
0: Do you want to make more money without squeezing more patients or clients onto your schedule if that's you be sure to take my free class in it you'll learn how to bring leveraged income into your practice so you can work less live more and help more people than ever before you can get signed up by going to drdanielleaton.com and click free